Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 12th chapter. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. For life is more than food, the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field right now, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you are to eat, what you are to drink, nor be worried, for all the nations of the world seek after these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek his kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that don't grow old, with treasure in the heavens that do not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Stay dressed for action, keep your lamps burning. Be like men who are waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes and knocks. Blessed are those servants whom the master finds awake when he returns. Truly, I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at table and he will come and serve them. If he comes in the second watch or in the third or finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have left his house to be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, Sometimes you open up the Old Testament reading for the next Sunday and you go, oh wow, it's only that that long. Wonderful. Um, And then you start reading it and... You say to yourself, oh no, 
each of these sentences has so much meaning packed into them and um, you know it's difficult so um, Abraham at this point Abram God had not yet changed his name nor his wife's name Um, it was Abram and Sarai and they were childless they were alone um, and to make things worse, they were old. They were in their old age. You know, maybe Abram had, you know, many cows and goats and cattle and steer. Maybe he raised crops and was successful in that way. But him and his wife were deeply pained that they did not have children. Um, they didn't have the gift of life. Something that I want to make sure that, you know, if you take one thing away from any of my teaching is that life isn't a choice. Life is a gift. Your life is a gift from God. Your children's lives are gifts from God to you and to them. Your future kids are gifts to you from God. Life is never a choice because it comes from God. And so, Abraham and Sarah, they were in this rough spot in their life. And God comes down to Abram in a vision And says, fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. And what's very interesting is this line itself makes it through oral tradition into one of David's psalms, which is the psalm appointed for today. This great strength that um, the Lord himself, God, is your shield. The Lord, your God, is himself where you can run to for comfort, where you can hide in and can't be overcome. But Abram, in his reasoning, argues with God. He says, oh, Lord God, what will you give me? I continue childless. The heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. So some dude that I'm sure every time they did business dealings was like smug and laughing because when this guy dies, all of his stuff is going to be mine and I'm not even his kid. It all goes to me. Remember, vanity of vanities. A man spends his entire life working and toiling under the sun and it doesn't, it just goes to someone else who didn't work for it, right? And Abram said, behold, you've given me no offspring, which I think is amazing. He's acknowledging that this is solely up to God. God, you've given me no offspring. And a member of my household um, will be my heir. So not a son. 
some member of his household, maybe that they've made a treaty with, like the old Celts or the, the barbarians that we're all descended from in some way. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. Who is the word of the Lord? The Logos. In the beginning was the word, in the beginning was the Logos, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. Now it's more than a vision. The incarnate word has come and put his shoulder around, or his arm around the shoulder of Abraham and tells him, this man will not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. A son is promised to Abram. And who knows what that meant? And this is the importance about the divide between intellect and faith, belief, and what you know. Who knows what Abraham knew? All we know is Abraham, remember what Jesus says in John, he says, Abraham saw my day and rejoiced. Did he have faith that God was going to give him a son in the literal sense? Did he, did he have faith that God would give him a son, someone to carry on his name? And so he brought him outside and said, look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And Abraham believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. Abraham had faith in the promise of a son, and it was counted to him as righteousness. Not getting circumcised, that comes later. Not proving himself by wandering through the desert, following, you know, God's command. No, that would come later. He believed God. He believed his promise. And it was counted to him as righteousness. And when that be, what that be, uh, begins to do is exhibit itself in Abraham's life and his actions. The question I want to pose in your head, just as an aside, is this incarnate Son of God, Jesus, that has come to Abraham all these thousands of years ago, and he looks Abraham in the eye and he says, this man will not be your heir, your very own son shall be your heir. Does Abraham know that he's talking to his descendant thousands of years later? Jesus, the Nazarene, son of David, son of Adam, as Matthew is very clear in his lineage in Matthew chapter 1. Jesus was the son of Adam, the son of Abraham, the son of David, the son of God. This promised Jesus Messiah, the son of God, who is also the son of man, 
Whether Abraham knows it or not, it doesn't matter. His faith is attached to and believes with assurance and conviction God's promise of a son. And so I flip to Hebrews chapter 11. Paul's very clear, or whoever wrote Hebrews. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. He's describing Abraham. Abraham didn't have the son right there. Abraham, in fact, uh, him and his wife, they, they doubt that this can happen. Famously, Sarah laughs when she finds out that God will give them a son. She says, in my old age, she laughs. And then from here on, we get described how the people of old received their commendation. He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Not as a reward for a work that you do in righteousness, but for the faith that you have in his promise. Specifically, he points out Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. We all know this. Abraham was promised a promised land. And that would come to its fulfillment through Moses to Joshua. And Joshua, who is Jesus' namesake, will lead the people of Israel into their final promised land. But Abraham believed the promise of this promised land. And so Abraham went out not knowing where he was going. He acted in faith because he had that faith. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, along the way living in tents with his sons, living this vagrant lifestyle, completely relying on God, not caring about what he might wear, where his food might come from. What he, uh, you know, the, the vanities of this world that Jesus speaks against that only give us temporal or temporary satisfaction and security. Instead, shifting his gaze to what is far off, the promise of eternal life, the promise of eternal life with Jesus Christ, the promised son that you have faith in. Where was he headed? And by the way, he calls his sons heirs with him of the same promise, the promised heirs. He was looking toward the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. If you can remember our Revelation reading with the new Jerusalem that Jesus 
designs, builds, and brings down onto the new earth. And that is the place where we will live with him. For he is the lamb. The lamb is the light of the city of God. The night and the day are both alike. And we dwell with him forever and ever. And this, this city has firm foundations. Something that you can have hope in. Something you can have conviction in. Something that you can have assurance of. What is our assurance? Jesus' promise. Jesus' own words. The words of these scriptures. If we can't believe the words, he unites those words with water that you can feel. He unites those words with bread and wine that you can taste. God's promises for you. You believe in the promises by faith. Reading the scriptures, participating in the sacraments, gives you conviction. Knowledge. Knowledge of him, Christ Jesus, who is crucified for you. And alas, by faith, Sarah herself, so Abraham's wife, received power to conceive even when she was far past the age since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man, Abraham, him as good as dead. He could no longer give life. We're born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. You are sons and daughters of Abraham. You are the people that Jesus promised to Abraham that night when he pointed at the stars and said, you're going to have descendants as vast as the stars in the sky. You are those people. And you are those people united in and given the heirship through the waters of your baptism. Because Jesus promises to make you a child of God through the waters of baptism. And you are united with Abraham in his faith of a promised son. And that faith is counted to you as righteousness. All these people died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. That is, they desire a better country that is a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. If you haven't noticed, you're strange. You don't act like the people out there. People find it bizarre that you would wake up on a Sunday morning when we're supposed to have work off and come and do this instead of sleeping in on a cozy, rainy morning in the suburbs, free of responsibility, free of any demands on our lives, because life is a choice. It's never a gift. 
It's something I have to struggle with each day and I'm angry about. And I make that anger known by how I treat other people and how I neglect my Lord and my God. But you're different. The way that you act, the way that you speak is bizarre to them because you have your intention set on a city that's not like Elk Grove Village. Elk Grove Village constantly is under construction. Elk Grove Village announces all of a sudden that they're going to renovate a historic shopping center and it's going to put all sorts of uncertainty and, um, you know, uh, um, uncertainty and just distress in the lives not only of the, of the community, but those that have had their businesses there for decades. Elk Grove Village shuts down when someone above them says so. And they shut down for a long time. They put sanctions and impose restrictions on its beloved citizens. And so we simply say, my kingdom is not of this world. It's one far off that has been designed and built by God. My kingdom, my city, is one that is eternal, that never shuts down. The lights never turn off. There are no strange rules that I must do or I'll be thrown out. For Jesus says, if you abide in my word, you will never be cast out. That city is your eternal dwelling place, the new Jerusalem, heaven, which will be here on earth. When Jesus returns and he gets rid of the old and he recreates the heavens and the earth, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word endures forever. And so blessed are those who prepare for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Blessed are those that keep their lamps on, they keep their lights on. They expectantly await their master to knock at the door. For a master would not leave his house if he knew what time the thief was going to come and rob his house. And so I plead on your behalf. I plead to you, set your minds, your intentions, your lives, act in faith on the promise of God of his son, his son who died and rose for you, because those things will not pass away. But the things that you're clinging to right now will pass away. If there is another lockdown, it will be taken from you. It will be shut down. If you lose your job, all of a sudden they don't care about you anymore. If all of a sudden you're sick, you're no longer useful. If I do construction in the right way, all of a sudden people don't come to your business. It's crazy. 
but act in faith. Believe in the promised son. Acknowledge that life is a gift and not a choice. And it's a gift that has been given you by the Holy Spirit. Amen.